Critical thinking is the most important skill you can have when you're living in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Everyone out there is trying to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. In every episode, I'm exposing the logical fallacies being used by advertisers, politicians, influencers, news outlets, social media memes, and maybe even your own best friend. Warning, listening to this podcast will cause you to see bad thinking everywhere. Welcome to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Hey thinkers, welcome back. This is Kathy Gibbons and we are back today with another technique that falls under the category of compliance strategy. So this is part three in our little what has turned out to be a mini-series. I didn't originally plan it this way, but that's kind of how it's working out. But first, let's do a quick review of a fallacy we covered earlier this season, the alphabet soup fallacy. The alphabet soup fallacy is when someone uses lots of acronyms, technical language, buzzwords, figures and codes, or abbreviations in a conversation or in a speech or in an argument, and they do it purposely in order to confuse people or to make themselves feel and sound more knowledgeable or more credible. So the question to ask yourself when someone is using alphabet soup language is this, are they doing that to try to impress me or to make themselves seem like an expert? Okay, if you want to review Alphabet Soup, go back and check out episode 76. All right, like I said, today we're talking about another compliance strategy or propaganda or manipulation technique, whatever you want to call it. But this one is called the lowball technique. Okay, so the lowball technique happens when someone gets you to agree to a really good offer, knowing full well that after you've agreed to it, they're going to change the offer into something they didn't think you'd agree to but they're hoping you'll accept it anyways. In fact, they're counting on the fact that you already committed and won't want to back out of your commitment. That's how and why this lowball technique works. Okay, so here's a simple example of how this might sound in your own house. Let's say Sophie asks her mom if she can spend the night at her best friend's house, to which her mom says, sure, no problem. Only after she's said yes does Sophie say, oh, and just so you know, there's going to be 10 other girls there and we're watching a movie called The Leprechaun Zombie. Thanks, mom. Okay, so do you see how she got her mom to agree to one thing, a sleepover with her best friend? And then after her mom said yes, she changed the deal. She added a bunch of other girls in a zombie movie into the deal. And that's not what her mom had agreed on. But Sophie is hoping her mom won't want to go back on her initial yes. She's hoping she won't want to go back on her commitment that she already made. Another example happens in the used car sales world. Okay, I kind of used a similar example recently. Here's another twist on it and what this could look like. Let's say you go to a used car lot to buy a car. The salesperson quotes you a good price. Let's say they quote you $10,000 and he offers free oil changes for the next two years. You're like, well, yeah, that sounds great. I will take that offer. Okay, so then he goes to talk to the manager and then the salesperson comes back after talking to the manager and says, oh man, I just talked to my manager and he said the lowest we can actually go is $12,000 and I can only give you one free oil change. Okay, what would you do? I'll tell you this, according to studies, most people would accept the change. They would pay, they'd say they won't like it, but they'll pay the $12,000 and take only one free oil change. And the reason why is because they'll feel like they already went through this whole process, they like the car, and they've already committed verbally and mentally to buying the car, and so they just agree to the new terms. Do you see how the salesperson lowballed them and then changed the deal? 
It's manipulation, and in my opinion, it's a form of lying. And the real problem behind this technique is that it's kind of a form of a bait and switch. They offer you one thing to get you to commit, then they change it on you, hoping you won't want to back out after after you've committed. They're banking on you being the one who has integrity, when their whole plan is built on a lie, because they knew all along that they were going to be changing the deal. And I hate to say it, but yes, these are techniques that are taught and that are used intentionally, often in sales and business. You have to be able to see the technique for what it is and be able to stand up for yourself and say, uh, that's not the deal we made. And you have to be ready to walk away if they don't keep their end of the bargain. Because the reality is, whatever their second deal is, is not what you agreed to originally. And you most likely wouldn't have agreed to it if they had started with that deal. So don't let a false sense of obligation rope you into a bad deal. And I I kind of feel like we, the American people, get a version of this when our representatives are writing bills and passing laws. It seems like some representatives will write a bill or a, a law for one specific purpose, and they'll go around talking about that purpose, and they'll get support for that bill. But then... Once they have support for it, a bunch of other stuff gets snuck into the bill, stuff that has nothing to do with the original purpose of the bill or stuff that changes it or adds to it in ways that we would not have originally agreed to. So what do you think? Are we getting lowballed when this happens? I don't know. Maybe we should ask ourselves this question to see if we're getting lowballed. Here's the question. Did they change the deal we agreed to? It's simple, but it's that will that is a yes or no question that will tell you if if you're getting lowballed. Did they change the deal we agreed to? Okay, y'all, that's it. Um, next episode, I'll be giving you part four of another compliance strategy. And remember, when you learn how to think, you will no longer fall prey to those who are trying to tell you what they want you to think. And it all starts with asking one simple question: Is that really true? I would love to hear from you. Do you have questions about fallacies and cognitive biases? Are you now starting to see and hear them everywhere around you too? Well, send them in. They just might get featured on the podcast. You can email them to me at think at filteritthroughabraincell.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at filteritthroughabraincell. And if you want to be notified about when new episodes come out and all the things that we're doing, go to www.filteritthroughabraincell.com and sign up to receive email updates. I would love it if you would help us on our mission to teach society how to think well. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with people in your life.